0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1720. Today, we're talking with the Monday Morning Racer. You better buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in Pendleton, South Carolina, and it's the new year, the start, the first week of the new year, which is pretty exciting. So welcome to 2021. Thank goodness we made it. Holy cow! I'm here with a very special guest by the name of Lee Kraft, who I think you're going to find rather interesting and rather exciting. Lee, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Mark, I've got my six-point hardest on. The straps have been pulled down. I'm ready to ride.
0: Yeah, this guy's ready to ride, and he knows how to go fast, and I'll explain that in a minute. But before I give you a proper introduction, Lee, I would love for you to say something to my guests that most people may not know about you. Give up a little secret today.
1: I would say most don't realize that with what I'm doing today that I do have a trademan's background. I have an associate's degree in welding. I was a high school welding instructor. I actually was an adjunct professor at my the place in which I graduated from. So I have spent seven years in the welding industry and know a little bit about tacking a few things together.
0: Well, there you go. We've got a craftsman on hand on board today, so that's pretty darn cool. Let me give Lee a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into some questions about his world because he has a very fascinating and fun world. Lee Kraft is the Monday morning racer. He's an avid motorsports and car culture enthusiast who, from dairy farm to nitro dragsters, has had an accelerated ride into the world of motorsports media. His Monday morning racer persona closely follows the world of professional drag racing. Lee's at the track taking photographs, videos, and conducting interviews with both the big names and the not-so-known racers that are in the sport. He's the producer and editor for Cars Past guest Lou Santiago. You'll remember Lou was on not too long ago, his his Garage Insider TV YouTube program. And behind the desk, he manages social media for Lou and professional drag racing teams as well. He's a shade-wearing, prop plane-flying, rental car-riding, race-capturing, driver-interviewing Monday morning racer. Woo, I got through that without screwing up too much stuff. All right, we'll be back in just a minute to talk to Lee, but first a word from our very valued sponsors that make this show possible. Give them a little love, okay, because the other reason we're here every day, buckle up. We're about to go on a fast ride with Lee Kraft. We'll be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a quality made, custom fit car cover made by Covercraft. It's the best way to preserve your vehicle along with the meanings, memories, and experiences that they give us. I've been protecting my vehicles with Covercraft since 1975. That's right. You'll find a multitude of options depending upon your individual needs. Indoor covers, including Form Fit, Fleece Satin, and their unique View Shield, need a cover that will protect your ride outside. Their quality options include Weather Shield, Weather Shield HD, Weather Shield HP, Sombrella, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, and Noah. Covers for cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, and watercraft. Are all available. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, ding protection, and protection from those paint destroying bird droppings. Live in a windy area? Covercraft Gust Guards are a must have option. Worried about theft? They also offer cable locks and built in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any of the questions you might have. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle. And I've got a deal for you. Use the code YEAH120 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collector's Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collector's Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866 aci Yeah, that's 866 866- 224 9324 and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Lee, we are back and I want to start this little journey of your life. We're into the new year here. It's finally 2021. We made it. I don't know how we made it, but we made it. Hasta la vista 2020. I don't ever want to see you again. What's a great saying or a manta that you might lead us into the new year? A new resolution type thing to get us all excited here on Cars. Yeah, Lee, take the wheel. I would have to say, take risks, trust the Lord. Mm, I love it. So let's define how you've powered through your very interesting life with that type of a concept behind yourself.
1: Well, Take risks, trust the Lord. I remember hearing of a study. They asked senior citizens, What's the number one regret that you have in your life? And it wasn't, I didn't ask that girl out. It wasn't, I didn't buy that house. It wasn't, I didn't take that trip. Overall, it was, I didn't take enough risks. And oftentimes, when you look at successful people, it's connected with risks where they got to being successful. So, I developed within myself the the willpower, as it were, to I'm going to take risk. I'm going to take a shot. What's the worst that can happen? And in all of it, I am a believer. And I do believe that providence is guiding and doing things that I could never imagine. And I've experienced that. So, yeah, I've took the risks of going to races and having nothing in my pocket, but leaving with something in my pocket. I've took the risk of sleeping in my car and things of that nature or, oh, I might lose this job. To create this better opportunity i've took those risks and it's rewarded me
0: well no doubt uh when i started this podcast i can't tell you how many people looked at me and said what on earth are you doing what the heck is a podcast uh, why are you doing this you've run a company for 20 plus years and i said you know what i'm gonna take a risk and look where we are i'm talking to lee craft today guest number 1720 lee you and i do a lot of similar things we talk to people we share stories we share other people's successes i want you to dive deeply into what monday morning racer is all about first of all that word monday morning the name monday morning racer very intriguing to me because i'm like wait i thought you raced on the weekend it's it's race on monday race on sunday race on sunday sell on monday but you're a monday morning racer so tell me all about where this whole concept came from and what it is you're doing that gets you out of bed every day to go have some fun
1: Mark, I created Monday Morning Racer a year and a half ago. March of 2021 will be two years. And it all comes about that I was working on a dairy farm. Look, working in agriculture is tough, period. But working on a dairy farm as a dairy farm hand in the parlor, getting kicked by cows, getting trampled, uh, dung slung in your face, and getting the milk out.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's
1: not very glamorous, is it? It's not. It's not. It is not a glamorous job. No, it is not glamorous. That that happy cow on the milk carton, that is a facade. Not that happy. is a facade. So I'm there. The boss that I had, he was a great guy outside of work, but in the milking parlor, he was a beast of a man to work with. And he finally said... The last condescending thing I was going to let him say as his best employee, the employee that had been there the longest and the guy that had stuck it out. And I put in my two week notice. So I'm working at a dairy farm. I'm also pastoring a struggling church in upstate New York. And I knew it wasn't going to go nowhere. I just I'd put everything I could into it. And I knew the Lord was going to be releasing me from that very soon. So I'm sitting at home. And what do you do when you sit at home? You have nothing to do. You watch YouTube. That's what we do today. And I'm watching YouTube and I see these kids. Granted, I'm not that old myself, but I see these kids with successful NASCAR YouTube channels. And I'm thinking to myself, I can do that. And I bet I can do it better. So I decided to start a YouTube channel. And with the name, I said to myself, you know, I've, I don't want no name that's like Craft72-point something. I want something that resonates, something that will speak about what the channel is about. And Monday Morning Racer... It's all about motorsports, though I have a niche in drag racing, and it's playing off of Monday Morning Quarterback. So I'll sound off on things within motorsports, and it really works now greatly because I'm doing live shows with Competition Plus or my own Between the Slicks on my program and possibly starting even another live show coming up with, uh, I believe it's Coffee and Octane, and it's going to have a more wider base in motorsports. So it's been a good choice to go with MMR. Our Monday morning racer
0: you know I love it I love everything about what you're doing Lee and uh, the fact that you uh decided you know what I'm not that thrilled with uh pulling on teats am I saying that right
1: And that's right. I'm not going to offend
0: anybody, right? Yeah. uh, And uh, extracting milk from these uh, wonderful cows that give us all nutrition, which is wonderful. Although I've been allergic to milk my whole life, so I don't drink milk. So uh, you weren't uh, sending any my way, but uh, that's okay. But the idea of doing that and going, you know what, I can have more fun. And that's what I want to encourage you listeners. It's the new year and this year is going to be great. It's going to be better. I promise it has to be. And if it isn't, then you, it's up to you to make it. Lee's a great example. He, you decided to make something new of himself and do something new. And I think it's great. You got the persona, you got the look, you got the attitude. Uh, you got the Lord behind you. So, uh, it can't fail. I mean, it's only going to get more fun from here. What are some of the things that when people watch your YouTube page that they're going to see? Take us on a little journey of all the visuals. And I can smell the nitrous now coming through the microphone
1: when you look at my channel, what you're going to be hit with is predominantly drag racing. And it's not just drag racing commentary, though I do have that. I have a national event in review for every NHRA race that I attend. So I'll go back and try to bring some news from the pits that might not have been covered on the national broadcast. And I'll have clips of footage that i have filmed myself. But When you look at the PDRA, Professional Drag Racers Association, or some of the no-prep races, things like that, I've actually got the camera in hand, and I'm filming the entire race, then going back, getting pit interviews, and putting that all together to create basically a television broadcast on YouTube, and you can keep up with PDRA and other forms of drag racing, but it's not just that. I'll go to local dirt tracks. I'll go to local drag strips. I'll go to local asphalt tracks like Anderson Motor Speedway or Carolina Speedway. And I've filmed tractor pulling. If I have if I have the opportunity to film it and it's motorsports, I'll put it on my camera, no problem.
0: Now, did you have to learn the craft of how you edit and put these shows together, or was that something that was a hobby for you?
1: The only experience I had with editing and cobbling stories together. In high school, I was the PowerPoint dude. Everybody came to me to put together their PowerPoints. The teachers, the administration, (laughs) they came to me to put together their PowerPoints. So I took a little bit of that experience and brought that with me. But nonetheless, I had to learn how to use some editing softwares. I had to pick up a camera. The first camera that I actually used with the YouTube channel was a cell phone. You look, you can start a YouTube channel with a cell phone. No one has any excuses. You can start there. And then I took a like a 5-year-old little Canon camcorder that doesn't even have an iPort and I w- started filming live races with that and eventually upgraded to what I've got now, which is still not a high-end top of the line camera, but it is getting the job done. So, I'm going out and really have on-the-job training, throwing myself out there in the water to try to put a good product out for folks to enjoy, and stay in touch with the racers and the racing.
0: Listeners, you have no excuses these days. Uh, I shoot a video for one of my sponsors, Covercraft, and it's Car Care Tips from Mark Green for Covercraft. And I shoot it on my iPhone 11 in my garage. Uh, 4K, I mean, the quality is insane. I don't even have a A mic that I put on me. I probably should. That sounds great. And for what people are accepting these days in YouTube and and all these sorts, and I I take great care with my podcasts. I edit these. I carefully put them together. I I, I make my guests sound great. If they don't maybe sound so great, you're going to be an easy guy, Lee, because you sound great (laughs) just talking here today. But there are no excuses anymore. When I started my podcast, I learned how to edit shows and record shows watching YouTube videos. There's so much at our fingertips Go out and do it, right? It's hard, it's work, but it's doable. It definitely is doable. You can
1: do it. Now, I have to agree, it is work. People will slam YouTubers at time. Oh, you're just a YouTuber. Look, doing YouTube is challenging, time-consuming work, but it avails an individual, if they have some talent, if they put the time in to go to the next level. And that's been my story. If it wasn't for YouTube, I I wouldn't be right here if it wasn't for YouTube.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating to me. And I'll tell you something interesting that I've learned, Lee. TV is dying. And people are doing what you and I do. My next-door neighbor is a little older than me. He's retired. And he said to me a couple months ago, I don't watch TV anymore. I watch YouTube. I can find exactly what I want. It's interesting. There's so much out there. And it's smaller little segments. And you don't have all the commercials. Now, some YouTube does. I understand that. But that's, you know, we got to make money somehow. I've got to have commercials on my show. Otherwise, this is a hobby. And uh, as much as I love what I'm doing, now, I do have to pay the rent and uh, put some food food in my mouth, just like you do. So, But there's so many tremendous things for us to enjoy out there today, like what you've uh, created. So kudos to you for what you pulled together. You know, I always ask my guests to talk about a big challenge, maybe even a big failure they face. You shared one, milking cows, sounds like a challenge. I wouldn't call it a failure because you stuck it out. You're the longest employee that he had there. So that says something about your tenacity. But I want you to take us on a little journey. But more importantly, what was the lesson learned so that you could take it forward in a positive way?
1: Well, it, it involves, again, that take risks, trust the Lord, uh, you know, quip. So when I was a high school welding instructor, I go there. That was like a dream job to me. I enjoy teaching, and I was glad to be in the shop-slash-classroom setting with kids and, and instill my trade into them and help them graduate and go get a job. Well, though I was hired as the expert in welding, my administration did not see me as that expert, probably because of my age. That may be. But we butted heads. And, you know, when I'm right, I know I'm right. And when you've hired me as the expert and you're not letting me teach as I need to teach, I see that as a problem. And. I had two of my knucklehead students. (laughs) There's always a few knuckleheads in the classroom. There are. Yes, that's that is truly the case. So they decided one day to take a piece of pipe and fill it with propane. Uh, And uh after filling this piece of pipe with propane, they took a striker that you use with like an oxy fuel torch and they struck it. Boom. So at the time, I'm in a welding booth by myself with another, another student welding, showing them how to weld a horizontal plate, and boom, throughout the whole shop. And I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, here we go. I go, I, I figure out what has happened, I talk to these kids, I pull them out of the shop. It's even worse, actually. I kept them in the shop but gave them book work in the middle of the shop with desks. It, it was, oh, that's the, that's the worst thing you can do to a kid who wants to be in the shop. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it to my administration, Sure. And
0: yeah, you have during, to report stuff like that.
1: You, you have to report stuff like that. And I had a meeting with them on another matter that very day. So while I'm at that meeting, I report this. Hey, this happened in the shop. I want you to know that I dealt with it in the shop. Because prior, with another group of knuckleheads that decided to go off, proper, off property of the school, and I notified administration, they're like, look, don't call the principal office. You need to handle these type of things on your own. So mixed messages, they were trying to find things, you know, yeah. whatever. Well, the the word eventually gets around to all the high schools that this career center had feeding into it, that there was this bomb made oh, in, the, in the shop. I mean, it goes way beyond propane and pipe to bomb. And administration comes to me and asks, why didn't you tell us this? And I state to them, Well, I did tell you that, and it became a situation of my word against their word, and there was no electronic record. Here's a tip, pro tip for everybody out there. If you have a serious meeting or you casually mention something that's of importance, try to follow it up with an email that people can respond to. Documentation. Document it. Document it. So they pulled me in after that morning and mentioning, hey, why didn't you mention it to us? And they said, you can resonate right now and we'll pay you to the end of the year or we will terminate you. Oh my God! So we wow. were already, we were almost toward Christmas break. I decided to go ahead and take my last paycheck, pay my car off. Then I was debt free and I was able to have a lot more liberty. Through that though, through that very, through that very incident, I can look back and there is this link of events that would lead me right to this very moment that, that I have with you in your podcast, because yeah. that incident, as traumatic as it was, seemingly my dream job is gone. I'm not, I I just said to myself, I I don't even really want to weld no more. I don't even want to use my degree. I've spent all this time. What do I do? Well, I took a risk, moved to New York, began pastoring a church, living on less than like $1,500 a month and cobbling jobs together and seeing if I could get that church to grow and move forward. And again, it's still over the events to event to event to dairy farm and struggling church of creating Monday Morning Racer. Here I am living out a dream because I've always dreamed about being involved in motorsports beyond being a fan, and I'm living it out today.
0: Well, there you go. Well, it's turning uh, lemons into lemonade and looking ahead and being positive and having some faith as you do that things will work out. You'll find a way. You'll find a path. But, you know, the great lesson there, yeah, document, uh, especially serious things. And you know what? If you're working in a in an area or for a company or organization that are sending you constant mixed messages and you feel like they're always kind of out to get you almost, you're in the wrong place. And you need to take a bold move and find a way out. Start planning that path like you did. You know, you save up some money so that you have a little time while you're looking. Always have that rainy, rainy day fund because you never know when you're going to have a rainy day year like 2020 <laughs> so uh, always take care but great story you shared there let's uh, take a little break <sighs> take a breath uh, we're in the new year things are going to be great things are going to be wonderful we'll thank our sponsors here we come back i want to dive into this personal passion you have for cars lee so sit tight keep your welding torch away from nitrogen filled tubes of metal yikes yeah oh that could have been terrible here we go we'll be right back Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars, yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is Tech Force Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, Tech Force is bringing bright young students into the auto diesel aviation marine motorcycle motorsports and restoration worlds to date they've awarded more than 10 million dollars in scholarships and grants to tech students and in times like these i don't have to tell you how essential those techs are keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping america rolling to learn more about tech force or to make a donation to this cause visit www.techforce.org you'll be glad you did What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARS, yeah, all one word in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code Cars Ya check for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH to save $10 today. <laughs> Cheers! All right, Lee, we are back. Safe and sound here. We are not going to do anything silly. No knuckleheads at this show today, at least... I can say that because we're both here and we're in charge. What's one of your, uh, your most poignant points in life when you realized that you were going to be a bit of a car guy? You're a dragster fan, you love fast cars. What was that pivotal moment?
1: There's a moment. For me, as a as a child, though I can remember in my diaper sitting in front of the TV watching NASCAR races. Wait a minute! Races. You
0: can remember sitting in your diaper? Holy I, cow! I, you know, <laughs> I
1: I can remember. I can rem- some of the earliest moments is is motorsports and in front of a TV watching VHSs of nineteen late eighties uh, Cup racing. Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt, Jeffrey Bodine, those guys. I I can vaguely remember that, but the one that Sticks out in my mind of like, I, this is cool. I love this. It's myself, my dad, my brother, and my brother is much, much older than me. I'm my early 30s. He's in his 50s. Wow. So there's there's a big gap. So, you know, really at that time, he's almost more like an uncle to me. Anyway, we're at the Southern Nationals, Commerce, Georgia, and it's, it's got into the night. And I can remember it was a pass of Funny Cars, both cars launch, header flames in the airs, and the grandstands are just vibrating to a point that it's it, it's hard for me to stand as the little tyke that I I am, and my brother actually reaches out and uh, you know catches me from from falling. And I don't know that moment of those header flames, the vibrations, the smells, and the fumes. I loved motorsports at that moment, and have continued to love it.
0: Yeah. Listeners, if you've never been to a drag race, you may not even think you like it. You got to go to one. Uh, and if it's a big NHR event, that's the one to go to because you won't believe it. Yeah, it'll blow you away. You feel it right through your whole body. It's uh, really, really, really cool. What was your first really special car in your life, Lee? First special car in my life. And it's sa- it's sad for
1: a guy that is so into racing, I don't. I've never had a personal vehicle that's like, oh, that's a cool car. I kind of feel like Lou. You know, Lou mentioned to you that he's like, I've built all these cool cars, but I don't have a cool car of my own. For me, and it's still somewhat motorsport connected, and I, and I want to give you two. When okay. I was a when I was a young child, underneath the Christmas tree. Well, not under. It was very large at the time. Seemed like it was just huge for me as a kid. I might have been five, six, maybe seven. My mom and dad got me a go-kart. And the classic go-kart with, like, the one-loop bar behind you and nothing else. Yeah. And and I go out there in the front yard, and I hit the rock wall with it. And my dad's <laughs> like, you got to turn, son. You got to turn. <laughs> yeah. And after he told me about turning, and I figured that out, I had worked in the yard, like, this dirt track. And I would just do lap after lap after lap on this go-kart. So I loved that thing. It was destroyed, though. Uh-oh. My neighbor that I was best friends with... Uh, he had a sister. His sister wanted to ride on the, the go-kart. My dad's like, yeah, we'll let her ride on the go-kart. And uh, she sits behind me in this one-seater go-kart, and I'm, and I'm wearing my helmet, and which that will come into play in a few moments. <laughs> and we're going around and around just doing doing what I love to do in this makeshift dirt track. And unbeknownst to any of us, all of my running around and building and you know setting in a groove had exposed an old tree stump Uh-oh. and somehow I hit this tree stump just right and it sends me straight and it sends me straight underneath the carport where my mom's 89 ford tate ford tour station wagon was sitting and I hit this station
0: wagon Uh-oh.
1: and I hit the front of the station wagon I didn't break my nose but I get a nosebleed out of and from hitting the st- station wagon. I go back and hit the girl behind me. Right. I give her this big black eye, right in the face, and yeah. right in the face. And I had actually, at this time, it was still very popular and somewhat profitable to collect aluminum cans. There were these huge bags of aluminum cans. I shot through them, so my parents <laughs> heard. They knew something was not right when they heard. Yeah, the big of crashing cans sound. Going everywhere. So, yeah, that there went my go kart days. But I, I become eight years old. And it has been after a trip to the Super Chevy show at Commerce, in Commerce, Georgia, Atlanta Dragway, and I had seen a Junior Dragster. And my dad decided to purchase me a Junior Dragster, and we went Junior Dragster racing wow. for, for many years, and... Uh, actually, uh, my 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 the most glorious moment in my drag racing career, which I do hope eventually one day will pick up again later <laughs> and do some driving from the junior dragster days. My first year, we are at Steele, Alabama, the Alabama International Raceway, and it is the Summit IHRA bracket finals for the region, the South region. And I was runner up in the junior dragsters that day. And I've, I, had a, I had a trophy just as large as me and earned my track that I was racing at locally a lot of points. And I was forever known as Mr. Alabama. So the, <laughs> the, the go-kart and my junior dragster would have to be my cool rides in uh, motorsports and for me so far.
0: I love it. Awesome story. Well, Lee, I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. I'm going to ask you a question that I don't think anyone's ever asked you. If you were manifest as a vehicle, you actually woke up in your vehicle, not what you want to be, this is your personality in a vehicle, what would you be and why? What would I be and why? See, I knew I knew nobody's ever asked you this.
1: Well, it's interesting that you ask it because I have talked about this in a church bus before and we were talking about vehicles that would describe who they were and someone Oh, a Chrysler Skylark or something someone mentioned for me. I don't, I didn't even know what it was. I don't, I don't, or I don't, I cannot even remember. It, it was not a good vehicle though. I will say that <laughs> it's not what I want to be Uh-oh. Not that I, what I, what I want to be. Well,
0: again, this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality in a vehicle. So it It may be a car that you would never drive, but because your personality is like that, doesn't mean it's a bad car. It could be a F-150 pickup because it gets the job done, right?
1: Honestly, you just mentioned it and I was thinking about it, you know, when it comes through what I've done and how that relates to my personality, my dad had a, I think it was an 89 F-150, had a 306 cylinder in it. Okay. And it would not die. And that's, that's been me. I've just, kept going down the road no matter what might be falling off i have kept going down the road (laughs) so some pickup truck with some reliable engine maybe one headlight out still going on down the road getting the job done that probably would fit me best all right i love it we got there
0: all right what's one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes
1: I have a challenge keeping to habitual things. Like, I've tried to keep a journal. I've tried to make sure to wake up at a certain time. I've tried to do those things, uh, tried to listen to certain podcasts that talk about those things. I have found it very challenging. So, frankly, I would say be flexible. Be flexible. Being flexible has rewarded me to get to where I have got. Instead of saying, I'm like, going to be a NASCAR YouTube channel, well, I'll just take any opportunity I get. I'm going to be flexible. That has served me far better than having any habitual rigidness
0: Yeah, I like it. It's uh, a sign of a successful person being willing to uh, bob and weave and move and do whatever comes your way. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a meal or a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be?
1: Living or
0: deceased. When you
1: add the living or deceased, that, that definitely opens opens the door. That opens the door. And because I'm so similar to you, I'm in the interviewing game. There are so many that I would love to chat with. I think right now he is still with us. And it's the one guy, it's the one guy that I would have this fanboy moment. And I'm not even sure if I could interview the guy (laughs) because, you know, most of these drivers, I realize they're humans. And I, I remember that. I'm like, they're human beings. They have flaws just like me. They have talent just like me. I go, I interview them. And I hope to ask them different questions, just like you're doing with me. The one guy, though, that is just like, oh, (laughs) because I have been a lifelong fan. It's Bill Elliott. That's Ah. the guy I would love to be able to sit down with, have a meal and pick his brain over his career, his life. And I mean, now especially, I think the questions aren't so much his career. But Bill, what does it feel like to be the dad of a nascar cup champion in your son chase elliott that's got to feel more rewarding than when you got it done in 88
0: yeah yeah i've had a lot of father son uh father daughter mother daughter mother son i've had pretty much everything here and it's really fun when you interview people especially if they both went into the same field uh you know so uh yeah you know what keep working on it you'll get them You know, I've got a few that I'd love to interview and I haven't got them yet. And I just keep trying that tenacity, you know, just keep pulling, Uh, pulling. We were talking about milk and cows. Maybe that was the wrong word to use. So anyway, keep trying, my friend. Keep trying. Uh, What's a great resource, a go-to for you that you might want to share with the Cars listeners?
1: It is Internet based for me when it. When, I, when it comes to staying connected in motorsports, in particular with drag racing, I often look at CompetitionPlus.com. Okay. Uh, CompetitionPlus.com is the largest online magazine for drag racing, and there's always some gem there with drag racing. Something nobody has put out there. They've got the FTI rumor meal. It is spectacular to go there and check check out what's happening in the world of drag racing so yeah competitionplus.com is what i would recommend
0: very nice now is there a book you've read that you might want to share with our listeners that you learned a lot from
1: well other than the bible and that might be a bit controversial but i mean i don't look look you know you know whether you believe there's there's god or not or jesus is lord the Bible has very practical things within it that anybody can take and apply to life. Oh, so, incredible yes, the stories. Bible. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, incredible stories. So, yeah, actually read all the Bible. Beyond the Bible, through the books I've read and read, I enjoy reading a lot of different books, biographies, and sci-fi. You, you name it, fantasy. So, on books, I would have to say the last Gettysburg, the last invasion by some obscure author that I cannot remember now And though I enjoy the reading the when I read it it's there's this this there's this principle that I glean from it about understanding people and the situation is you get to Gettysburg and General Lee is on this invasion of the north and he understands that he cannot just have a war of attrition in the South he's got to take the fight to the north. And there's a pitiful moment on the first day of the battle where General Yule, who is an accomplished military general, he is ordered by Lee to take a certain position, and if he can go on to the heights, if you can do it, if it's it's permissible is something the way in which Lee worded it, go get it. Go get that objective, too. Don't just stop there. Go get that objective, too, if within your judgment you can get this done. Well, Ewell gets the first objective, and he doesn't see the second objective as something that's attainable on the first day of the battle. Well, what's critical there is Ewell is in command of the Stonewall Brigade, which was Stonewall Jackson's brigade. And many people look at that situation and go, if Jackson was in charge of that brigade at that time— he probably would have got the heights on day 1 and you would have see you would see a completely di- different dynamic in the battle of gettysburg and what i glean from that is understand who you're working with know who you're working around you hum, humans are dynamic we're dynamic creatures we're not all the same and you have to know what works with people in particular situations can you be harsh with someone and that motivate them or if you're harsh with this inter This person, does that shut them down and they need positive reinforcement? Those are the things that I think we need to know because the greatest element in our, one of the greatest elements in our life is relationships. Relationships, they give us the greatest joy and they also bring us the greatest sorrows. Relationships open up doors, relationships close doors. And Lee, in that moment, more than likely... If he would have rephrased his command, he might have got more out of Yule that day, who was an accomplished general. But because he didn't have the demeanor of a Jackson or the the drive as a Jackson, he didn't take the initiative. So understand who you're talking to and communicating to.
0: You know, this is pretty cool the way you gleaned that out of a, a book about an amazing part of the Civil War. That book is by an author named Alan Guelzo. And that book actually won some awards back when it came out. It was a while ago. I think it was 2014, something like that. But it was the winner of the Guggenheim Learman Prize uh, in Military History. And uh, The Economist gave it a Best Book of the Year Award. So I don't think anybody's ever mentioned that book. So I'm glad you did. I'll put a link to that book on Lee's show notes page so that you can go and find a copy. Well worth a read. This is a great example of how important history is. And how you can carry the stories forward uh, and so forth. So uh, definitely get your hands on that book. A great book to read in the new year. All right. We're up to the checkered flag here. And I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today, my friend. Anything you want. It doesn't matter how much it costs. I'm going to park it in your garage. A couple rules to the game, though. You got to keep it. You got to drive it. And I want you to enjoy it. And it's the only cool collector car you can have. So it needs to tick a lot of boxes. What am I buying for Lee Craft today?
1: I would have to say, with my desire to race and with the nostalgia movement that is growing within racing all over, honestly, it's a car that exists right now. It was restored, and it's a connection with my dad. It would be kind of a dream to drive this thing, even down the drag strip. Uh, Gene Cromer's 41 Willis A-Gas dragster, drag car, known as the Moonlighter. At one time, it was the world's fastest A-Gas Willis, and it uh, is fully restored today by Quain Stott. It has been raced again by Gene Cromer, my dad crew chiefing with him again, as they did in the late 60s. Wow. If I could could have that in my garage and and experience a little bit of what Gene did and a little bit of what my dad did, that's what I would want in the garage.
0: You know, um, this car is pretty cool. It's blue, right? Blue, yes. Yeah. You know, something about you. You know, we're doing this, you know, we're looking at each other. We're doing this interview. There's something about that car that has you written all over it. And I don't quite know what it is. Maybe because it's just crazy and outlandish. And you've got this crazy outlandish look about you. You're, you're, you're a very unique individual. But I would love nothing more than to park that in your garage so you could take that drag racing Uh, i think that's pretty cool given the legacy and the history and of course those uh, willys beautiful cool cars from the past but that one is especially cool and with a name like moonlighter my gosh I mean, how could you go wrong? You got a winner. Lee, you've taken me on a really fun ride today. I want to thank Tori de Blasio for introducing us. I mean, that guy's introduced me to some great people. Uh, I said it before. I'm so happy that he introduced me to you, uh, got me involved with Lou, which you work with. I mean, you guys must have a blast together. Before I let you go, though, before you race off down the drag strip in the Moonlighter, what's one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance in this new year that you might offer the Cars listeners?
1: Expect better. 2020 has been a challenging year, but expect better because, you know, for me, 2020 has been a year of fascinating, accelerating growth. When I look back on 2020, if if I take a bit of a selfish look, it has been a stellar year for me. So in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of the darkest hour, there's light, folks. Expect better. Look for that light. It's not all that bad. And keep turning wind lights on.
0: Yeah, I love it. What's the best way for people to follow you, my friend, uh, on the Monday Morning Racer? Well, that's just it. Monday
1: Morning Racer. You can find Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Definitely YouTube. That's where the core of the content is. You'll find things with Lou Santiago on there. You'll find, uh, actually, I did a shop tour with Gene Cromer and my dad. There's an interview with them, and I showcased the car at Gene's speed shop. Cool. So Monday Morning Racer on almost any platform, you will
0: find me. I bet you will. There is no other Monday Morning Racer other than Lee craft so check him out follow him have some fun and use his inspiration to get out and do something you want to do this year with your life don't let another day go by all right hey listeners thank you for uh for joining us today and lee thank you for sharing your amazing life and the cool things that you're doing until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road or maybe at the drag strip
1: Mark, thank you. It has definitely been a joy to be on the Cars Jad podcast and you keep doing what you are doing and I'll certainly be listening in.
0: All right. Thank you, my friend. This has been great fun. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark mark.carsyeah.com at or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.